Welcome to Critical Issues Commentary, the podcast ministry of Gospel of Grace Fellowship, a non-denominational Christian church in St. Louis Park, Minnesota. This is Jessica Kramis, your host for today, and I'm speaking with Bob DeWay, Gospel of Grace's teacher and theologian and author of Critical Issues Commentary. In this series, we've been discussing CIC issue number 122. You can find that at the website CICministry.org. And in our last episode, we were talking about being Christ's inheritance. If you're following along on the PDF, we are on page three under We Are Christ's Inheritance. But we are going to take a little break and talk about how trials fit into all of this. A lot of times as we're interacting with readers or listeners on this topic, one of the questions that comes up is, well, why am I still in this circumstance? What if my symptoms don't go away? So how do you respond to that? Well, that's one of the key reasons for the warfare worldview and the curse breaking and the demon casting out for therapy for Christians. A lot of it is trying to deal with circumstances or trials, or symptoms, or things that are undesirable in people's lives. But there's more to it than that. And I think we need to realize that if we are truly believers, and we're trusting Christ, then as we've been saying, we're his lot. And therefore, we're under Christ, we're not under the hostile powers. But the answer is, well, then, what if my circumstances don't get better? What about these trials? Well, There's plenty to learn about that in the Bible. And I think we need to look at James and 1 Peter and and a few other places. But before we do that, let's just think about Job. Okay. I trust that most of our listeners are used to the book of Job and have seen it and heard about it. If you are a new Christian and you've never studied Job, Job begins with Satan coming before God in this divine council scene, which we've been talking about, and claiming that Job was only serving God because he had benefits and said, right. well, take him away, he'll curse you and he'll never serve you again. And so God allowed Satan to test Job. Now, Job on the scene of history doesn't know about this divine council meeting. No, we get a peek at it in Job 1. We get to see what's going on behind the scenes, but Job never does. Nor do his comforters when they show up. Right. So it's a very interesting book and it's beyond what we can cover today to go through them. But in the end, when God shows up and reveals his purpose, then Job puts his hand over his mouth and he said, you know, I I repent. Because he was questioning why God allowed what he did. And ultimately, it's all to prove that Job had genuine faith and that God had blessed him. And as for our benefit as the readers, to show that we don't know blessing and cursing based on judging circumstances and symptoms. Okay. And the false understanding of that by his comforters was that that's the only way you know. And so obviously Job was cursed. And that's what they say all throughout, all throughout these interactions. Right. And you did something wrong. It's your fault. No innocent person ever suffered like you did. But we know that's not true. So we have to at least accept 
that God allows trials in the lives of genuine believers, not to show that they have to rebuke Satan or break curses or try to get a shaman type person to figure out what the problem is, but that God is working his purpose for their good, for a greater good, and that that will be revealed later and not necessarily now while we're in the trial. Amen. And what we'll find out in Peter is that actually it's at the revealing of Jesus Christ at the end that all of the glory and splendor of what God's doing for us, his lot, his inheritance, his chosen people of Jews and Gentiles who believe in Christ, it's always for God's glory and for our eternal benefit. All right. Should I read First Peter? Go ahead. All right. We're going to start at verse three. I am reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupted, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. You are being protected by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. You rejoice in this, though now for a short time you have had to struggle in various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith, more valuable than gold, which perishes though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Amen. Wow. Yeah, there are really a lot of things there. And I printed the Greek out from a logo software uh, to look at for some of the words. And I've also got that for James, which says something similar. Okay. Notice some of the same themes that we have in Ephesians, which is what we're discussing mostly in this our, uh, issue uh, 122, because of the fear of bad fate that the people had in Ephesus. And they were used to having shamans and uh, gurus and secret mystery religions trying to undo their bad fate because they didn't like the outcomes. Yes. Right? And Paul said, no, you are God's lot. You are God's people. You are his, the inheritance he gave to the son. But notice that this happens, why? For the praise of his glory, which is mentioned three times in Ephesians 1, 3 through 14. So we are safe because God's going to protect his own inheritance. That's what we've been talking about. But now we're getting a little more as we look at Peter and then James, or we talk about Job. There's a little more revealed about this. The purpose for these trials is to demonstrate the genuineness, the, the reality that our faith really is the faith that is saving faith that gives all praise and honor to God and that it won't go away even if we're tried and tested. And why doesn't it go away when we're tried and tested? Well, Peter told us because it's like gold. When you put it to the fire, it just proves that it's the real thing. There's a Greek word, dokimas, and then uh, dokimazo is a verb. And it means to put something to the test, like an assayer. If you found something you thought might be gold when you're panning in the creek, 
and you go to find out, is this the real thing? The assayer puts it to the test to see, is this really gold or is it some kind of, you, you know, mineral is not of any value. And so the test proves that it's the real thing. Now, when that's apply, applied to these situations, like in First Peter 1 and then in James 1, what it's saying is that because we are God's people, we don't give up that idea because problems arise. Right. We don't bail out and say, well, what's the point of serving God? I got problems anyhow. Okay. You have the laments in the wisdom liturgy of the Old Testament. Why do the wicked prosper? And the answer is, well, it's, it's temporary. In the end, God will reward the righteous and punish the wicked. Okay. Okay. So whatever trials we go through are only to be something that God will use to prove that our faith is genuine. And in the end, as I said in Peter, it'll glorify God and we will be still part of God's lot, even more refined, even more perfected. Amen. Now, think about that. Now, let's just try to be very reasonable and practical about what that means to us as Christians and those who listen to the false teachers who are the curse breakers and deliverance ministers. Okay. okay. We either interpret the trials if we know we have genuine faith and we're trusting Christ, we either interpret them to be something that believers go through, that God allows and God uses, that ultimately will refine us and glorify him, or we interpret it to be proof that Satan still has a hold of us. Right. And that we're under some unknown curse that has to be somehow determined by some secret means by personal revelations or through a, a shaman who knows how to do this. And we've got to figure this out and break the curses and cast out the demons. And eventually somehow we'll get rid of the symptoms we don't like. But what if we are Job? What if that's really true? And what if first Peter one is true? And what if James one is true, which we know they are because they're scripture and God's allowing a trial to prove we have genuine faith. And rather than persevering by believing his promises, we bail out and run to the shaman. That's failing the test. Well, it's <laughs> certainly throwing a monkey wrench in the whole plan. Right. And now, you know, thinking back years ago, I used to understand that as, this test was to prove to God that we had faith. Well, <laughs> but God already knows whether or not we possess saving faith. The test is not for God's benefit. It's for ours. Well, think of the book of Job. Yeah. God knew that Job wouldn't utterly bail out. His wife wanted him to. Right. But the whole process reveal something to us, the readers. Yes. On the scene of history, remember, in different times I talk about on the scene, behind the scene, and beyond the scene, where we're understanding this worldview, okay? Okay. So behind the scene, Satan was accusing Job and said, 
he's only serving you for benefits. If he doesn't have them, he won't serve you anymore. Okay. God allows Satan to do various things, and you, that goes on in the, in the narrative. But then on the scene, his wife, his friends are all telling him that he deserves it or bail out, his wife says, or, you know, you're a wicked sinner. You're worse than everybody else. That's why you're suffering and we're not. Boy, Job's comforters have a lot of theological people still following them. They sure do. They're still out there. They'll still show up. They have a lot of brothers and sisters who help them. But Job didn't believe that, but he couldn't really answer it. In the end, God himself comes and reveals something that we wouldn't know otherwise. Yes. Okay. And so the book of Job is beautiful. I love that book. But see, we, dear saints, have Job as part of our scriptures. And so we can know that this is something we can learn from. Yes. And, then if and we it shows have, us God was in control of the test all along. Right. Uh, don't bail out. Let's just say yeah. that way. Now, when I've been preaching through Ephesians, what I just finished, we're here in March of 2021. I just finished teaching through Ephesians over several years. And at the end, in this armor of God, which is what this article 122 is about, the gospel. So the gospel is saying what? Four times in Ephesians 6, stand, 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 stand. Yes. Because the opposite of standing is bailing out. Right. Well, maybe I better go back to the mystery religions of Artemis and the other deities of Ephesus because I don't like the outcome. I'm having symptoms. I'm having trials. I can't pay my bills. Uh, maybe I'm actually cursed, even though Ephesians 1.3 says I'm blessed. Well, that's that's what I need to do. But no, the Bible says stand. Yeah. And Job didn't know what all was going on in the heavenlies, and neither do we. Right. But we can know whether we're God's people or we're not his people. Yes. We can and know. we can rest in his promises. Right. We, we can know if we're going to trust God or if we're going to bail out. Right. Now, you may think, and many people told me this, well, these deliverance counselors, they're Christians, so I'm not bailing out. I'm just going to Christians who have more power and authority, and they know these things better than you do, and they're going to cast out the demon. Okay. What's the response to that? Well, the response to that is that nowhere in the New Testament is the casting out of demons prescribed as therapy for Christians. Right. It never is. And when okay. we have other material that assures us that we are God's lot, we're his own possession, we're his precious people, and though we do go through trials, they are ultimately going to be for our benefit. They're going to prove the genuineness of our faith, and they're going to be for God's glory. Amen. So we saw that in Peter. So I printed out the Greek here of uh, the passages that Jessica read from her Bible. And there are some words here that are very much the same as, or versions of, cognates, we call them, of, of the same words in Ephesians. Kleronomia 
is in verse four. That's translated inheritance. Okay. So that's related to the idea that we are God's precious people, his lot. Very much that's like right. Israel was in Deuteronomy 32, eight and nine. The nations are under the sons of God. Israel is God's lot. Okay. So 1 Peter 1, 4 has that word. Incorruptible means it's not going to fade, uh, be sullied with things that don't belong, uncorruptible, incorruptible, undefiled, unfading. It's not going to go away. Job's faith didn't vanish through everything he went through. Right. But he learned more about God, and it was actually strengthened. Uh, and it says here, terao, it's a word for kept or protected in, in the heavens for you. So we don't need to, like some of these apostles and prophets claim, take journey into the third heaven to figure out what's going on there and talk to uh, dead saints. It's unbelievable what they claim. Yeah. It's very, very wicked, but people believe it. No, our inheritance is reserved in the heavens, according to 1 Peter 1 4. It's okay. not going to fade away. Now, here's the question Do you trust God to keep your inheritance for you? Or do you think, oh, it might not work? Maybe some process on earth is a better way for me to keep my inheritance. Oh, wow. We really need to trust God with it. Well, I would think so. Who yeah. do you trust? Remember, they show ads about who you're going to invest your money with? Right. Well, Maybe some investment firms are better than others, keeping your fading inheritance. But who's better than God for keeping your unfading inheritance that's eternal? Amen. And some that's what it says. Them. You are being protected by God's power. Right. Some investment people may goof up and put your money in something that tanks. But in any inheritance that God's protecting is never going to fade away. This is that wow. right passage. Yes. And kept in the heavens for you. And I'm looking at the Greek. In the power, it uses a dative, probably by the power of God. It's probably what it means there. Okay. The severe of God's power. It's guarded or protected. I think you read there, Jessica. Yes. Through faith. Pistis is faith in the Greek. In the salvation prepared and to be uncovered in the last times, kairos, which is qualitative time. So protected by faith for what's going to be revealed in the last time. Now, the revelation that Job really was right with God came in its time in history, in the book of Job, for our benefit, because we can read about that. We need to believe that that will be the case at the very end. Right. Okay, that it, we did the right thing by keeping our faith and trust in God. And if we're troubled by trials and temptations and sorrows, it tells us it's for the testing of our faith that it would be proved the real thing. It's gold. Amen. So... That's what it's saying here. So I'm just looking at the Greek, the power of God uncovered in the last days in which you rejoice uh, now 
if necessary, you've been grieved in various trials or pressures, perasmas. I'm looking at degree. Same word is used in James 1. Perasmas is a word for putting under extreme pressure, just grinding down on something, pressuring. Okay. Yeah. Wow. How many Christians have I talked to and what I've gone through in my own life in the last 45, 50 years? I became a Christian in 1971. We're coming up on 50 years. Wow. Who hasn't been pressured? Right. We all have. Yes. Now, the question is, are you going to believe the false teachers who tell you you're stupid to go through that because if you had the right knowledge, technique, power, or consulted the right person, there's no reason to go through any of that. Wow. They see trials as a reason to be like Job's comforters and tell you you have lack of faith. There's something wrong with you. Whereas Peter tells us the trial is proof that we have genuine faith. Wow. That's quite a difference. That's a pretty big difference. Now, dear listeners, who are you going to believe? I think word I'll of, choose to believe God's word. I will too. But the word of faith people are telling you, you just are full of unbelief. You don't trust God. That's just heartbreaking. And honestly, it's wicked. What well, it is? I, I was influenced by them early in my Christian life until I realized it was wrong. By God's providence and grace, I saw what was wrong with it. But when you're young and healthy, it sounds pretty good. All the dumb Christians are going through trials because they don't really know the secret. Wow. They aren't really strong. They aren't really people of faith. And so they get sick and they get poor. And it's their own fault because they don't know what we know. Wow. How's that being anything? I mean, I think it's even worse than being Job's comforter. It really is. It, it really is. It's Satan's the accuser of the brethren, but that's exactly what they're doing. You're in this situation and it's your fault and your faith is failing. That's exactly what Satan does. Well, let's just think of authorial intent as our understanding of hermeneutics. The author's meaning, the Holy Spirit's inspired author's meaning is the meaning God has for us because the author determines the meaning, not the reader. Right. So why is Job in the Bible? Why is 1 Peter 1, 3 through 8 in the Bible, 3 through 7? Why is James 1, which we should look at as well, we can do that in the next session, 2 through 4 in the Bible, it's there to comfort us when we go through trials and to tell us that God has a purpose for allowing it. That's right. And it's just guaranteed we're going to go through trials. That's it's the way our life in this fallen world is. We will have trials, but they can test the genuineness of our faith. They refine us. They sanctify us. They cause our faith to grow. They're meant to be a blessing to us, though they don't seem like it at the time. We can trust that God is working in them and through them. Well, let's look at 1 Peter 1, 7. I have the Greek out here again. Uh, it has a, starts with hina, which is a purpose word. In order okay. that, that's the purpose. So, so you've been grieved by various pressures, prosmos. I just mentioned that. In order that, hina, the proof, dokimon, that, that's a word that we're talking about. It comes from the assayer who 
put something in the crucible to see what it's made out of. Okay. Is this the real thing? Or do you just have fake faith that's going to crumble the first time you go through a trial? Well, the trial is going to prove to us that what we have is genuine, or it could be we think we have faith, but it's just mental assent, and the trial may show us that we don't really. That's true. That is some true. People bail out and run away. Yeah. But will we come back? Will we be like Peter after he died, the Lord who comes back? Right. Or be like Judas who runs away and never comes back. Okay. That's not a bad outcome either if we do come back. Right. Why and sometimes right? it's realizing that we have failed in that trial, that sometimes that is the thing that drives us back to Christ. Right. And so the, we see that interaction with Peter and um, when Jesus said to him, when you're converted, strengthen your brethren. Uh, so Satan told God that Job only served God for the benefits. So the benefits are removed. And it turns out he would serve God, benefit or no benefit, by God's grace. So dear saints, if you go run away, what are you trying to do? Prove Satan right? Wow. That's a really we, bad idea. It is. Because Satan's accuser of the brethren, and he's saying, well, if you, if you uh, don't have the benefits, you won't serve God anyhow. And so this is anticipated in the Bible. We see it in these passages. And so here's what uh, I would say after 45 years of ministry. God is testing the genuineness of your faith, not for his benefit, but for yours. And as you continue to believe the promises of God, which are eternal, says that in 1 Peter here, and whatever happens through all of these trials, your faith is only going to be refined, strengthened, and proven genuine. And this will be to your benefit, and this will be to God's glory, and the total outcome of that is in eternity. So that's why we really do need faith. Amen. It says it will be revealed at the last time at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So hang in there. Don't bail out. Don't give up. Believe the promises of God. All right. We are out of time for this edition of Critical Issues Commentary Radio. We want to remind you, you can access this episode and many others, as well as years worth of articles at the website, cicministry.org. And we want to remind you too, as it says in Philippians 1.27, stand firm in one spirit with one mind and strive together for the faith of the gospel. For Critical Issues Commentary, this is Jessica Kramis. And Bob Dewey. We'll see you next week.